0: We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for September 28th, 2014, and uh, we're going to switch gears here. Really forced to cover this Islam issue again, um, because there's so many new things that are developing, particularly now with this beheading that took place in the last few days in Oklahoma, that this is really, and I really believe you're going to start seeing a lot more of this. And, um, all of the things leading up to that. The whole thing going on with ISIS in the Middle East. And, I, I just want to want to cover that subject again. So, first report. Palestinian Muslim mother celebrates her son's death. During a riot in Jerusalem, a 16-year-old Arab named Muhammad Sunakrit was killed. Um... At his funeral, his mother told Palestinian TV, quote, This is the first time I see joy in my heart. This is the first time I see such joy. Thank Allah for giving him martyrdom. This was on the official Pal- Palestinian TV September 12, 2014. So, you know, literally just, you know, like a couple weeks ago, essentially. And when I when I saw that she had such joy in her heart about this, a couple of verses kind of came to mind. Isaiah five fourteen, therefore hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure, and their glory and their multitude and their pomp, and he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. And this is the type of rejoicing. This isn't like joy of the Lord. This is rejoicing. At the death of your own son. Okay? Who supposedly was a martyr. Because he was protesting and got killed or something. Now, this is total... I, I didn't even know this until till I read the full thing. This whole concept of Shahada. Which I'm going to get into. In fact, I think I should get into that first. Because... This is not Joy because he was such a martyr. This is Joy because she believes that her own sorry carcass isn't going to go to hell now. She believes in her Islamic religion that because her son died in some type of whatever over Islam, that she now will be spared hellfire and go to paradise. So their motivations are totally self-centered. Oh man, I'm glad my son died because that means I'm not going to end up going to hell. Boy, am I glad he's dead (laughs) for Allah. This is essentially what she's saying. So I want you to read between the lines there. I, I don't want this to look anything like this is some even religious fervor. This is about her saving her own carcass, essentially. Her own soul from going to hell is what this really boils down to. Let me just get into that whole thing about the Shahida. I'm going to read this, I actually have it at the end, but I'm going to read it first, because this will help everything make more sense when you read these quotes. The Prime Minister of Religious Affairs, Mahmoud al-Habash, said, quote, After prophecy and righteousness, which, you know, Islam's really known for its righteousness, there is no status Allah has exalted more than Shahida, or martyrdom. They went to their deaths, the shaheed has merit with Allah, meaning the martyr. A merit that no one else has. The shaheed, his sins are forgiven with the first gush of his blood from his wound. Oh, so see, you pay for your own sin debt with your own blood. Even Satan knows the concept of blood sacrifice to pay sin debt. I mean, this is what the whole Levitical sacrificial system was based on, you know, prior to Jesus Christ coming. But when he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. This sacrificial system needs to cease now. Because he was the perfect lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. He was the one that paid that sin debt once and for all. But see, pagan religions, and before Jesus Christ came, in the Levitical system, the blood of bulls and goats were shed. So this is of that same concept here that we're seeing. So he says, the Shahid, his sins are forgiven, the first gush of blood from his wound. The Shahid advocates on behalf of 70 members of his family. Well, why not 71? Come on. 70 members of his family and saves them all from hell. So see, he saves them from hell. Not Jesus Christ. This is the rank blasphemous audacity that is Islam. So, hey man, hey, if you got a you got a family member and he's a martyr, if I'm in any of the immediate family, I'm, 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 I'm I'm scot-free here. You know? I get to go to be a parent. I don't need to be martyred. (laughs) I'll just kind of be one of those moderate Muslims. (laughs) You know? Because, uh, I'm of the first seventy family members and I get to uh, I don't have to go to hell. It's what they believe. it's what they teach. Then he goes on to say the Shaheed lives together with the prophets and the righteous ones because they're so righteous and we're going to discuss that more today how righteous Islam is. The Bible says in Psalm nine verse fifteen the heathen are sunk down in in the pit that they made. In the net, which they hid, is their own foot taken. Mm. Watch this. I didn't watch it, but a listener sent me a video. And I, I don't like watching people die and get killed and exploded. I, I don't care if they're Muslim. I mean, I mean I, it's not that I don't care, but it's not that I want to see Muslims have that happen to them. But it was some lady that was a, I guess a suicide bomber or something, and I don't know, she got killed or something, and I guess they didn't realize she had a suicide bomb on her, and I guess she exploded while they were like, like the procession through the streets where they had her on your shoulders, and like the the thing of the video was, you know, karma, or (laughs) you reap what you sow, and you know, kind of reminded me of this verse, the heathen are sunk down into the pit that they made. Because they, they strapped these bombs on to kill innocent people. And this was a great example of that. Coming literally. I didn't watch the thing. I just don't, uh, you know, the Bible talks about setting a wicked thing before your eyes. I, I don't want to see people get their heads chopped off and, and, and blown up and, and, and body parts strewn everywhere. I, I just, there's, I don't know, I think it grieves the Holy Spirit inside you. I really do. I understand there may be certain times where you don't have a choice. Like if you were literally to witness something like that. But I'm saying, I have a choice here. You know? Uh, I don't want to watch that stuff. So, um, in the net which they hid is their own foot taken. And then the next verse, the Lord is known by the judgment which he executed. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. See, you reap what you sow. From a worldly standpoint, what comes around goes around. But that's the same, basically it's the same concept. You know, the whole thing, even though with karma, whatever. I'm not saying to use those terms, but I'm saying it is the same concept, basically. And, um, you know, the wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. You do wickedness, don't think you're going to be spared wickedness. And don't think you're going to have mercy either. To them that show no mercy, no mercy will be given. So, you know, you don't want to live your life that way. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. That's Psalm 9, verse verse 17. And then verse 19, Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. These devils that are doing this great wickedness against innocent people, against even their own These people need to be stopped in the name of Jesus Christ. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight, O Lord. This thing with ISIS, it's not getting any better. Especially when you have our government and other governments in the Middle East and these types of places equipping them to do this wickedness. Verse 20, Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Going back to the report, it says, PA TV has broadcast many Palestinian mothers who have expressed joy over the deaths of their own children in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Because it grants the deceased the exalted Shahida status, martyrdom death for Allah, which bestows many rewards on the martyr and his family. Like you said, 70 of the immediate family members, oh, they don't get to burn in hell because of the blood he shed. What a absolute abomination in the sight of God mother of Sabaro Pizza Shop suicide bomber. See, he's a good guy. He goes into a Sabaro Pizza Shop, I'm assuming in Jerusalem. His name was Is al-Din Azmari. Now, that's a name. The mother of this devil, this suicide bomber, who, you know, goes in there and kills innocent people, men, women, children, doesn't matter, as long as they're infidels, non-believers in Islam. He's doing Allah's work. Well, she says, Here's what this witch says. I congratulate him. Congratulations, my son, on your martyrdom. Praise Allah. That was on Alaska TV, Hamas, April 30th, 2014. These are direct quotes from these sick, deluded devils. This is how sick they are. In the head. Mother of suicide bomber, Shahidi Hameri, says, Praise Allah. This is the greatest joy. Praise Allah that he is a martyr. Yeah, praise Allah because you got my sorry carcass out of hell. Is what she's really saying. These people are wicked, total evil. You, how, how could you? How could somebody like that ever get saved? I, I mean, I'm just asking. I don't understand how somebody like that could even get saved. I know with with God, all things are possible, but I would venture to say there is a very low likelihood of anybody that would ever utter anything so wicked, so evil, so. Void of compassion. Having your mind so darkened. Being turned over to such a reprobate mind. Having your conscience seared with a hot iron that they could ever be saved. I'm saying, I just think it would be very low percentage. I don't want her not to be saved. I pray to God she does get saved. But I'm just thinking, who could say something like that? You know what I mean? I mean, it's impossible to even comprehend Mother of suicide bomber, Dereen Abdu Ashish, says, I want to sing, Darren is a bride. And my comment, what, bride of Satan? I mean, what, what kind of bride are we in reference to here? And again, these are all referenced, these quotes. Palestinian Media Watch has shown that Palestinian Authority promotes death for Allah as the ideal to strive for. Now, these are the same people that are going directly against Israel. These are the ones that Israel gave all this land to, and they reward them by just trying every chance they get to kill them. Okay? Or launch rockets at them. By the thousands. Allah is the ideal to strive for. Both adults and children. Uh, No, no. Palestinian Authority promotes death for Allah as the ideal to strive for. for Can you imagine raising your kid? Okay, Little Johnny and, and Becky now, what we want to do is we want to die for Allah and, and the sooner the better, so we're gonna, we're gonna um, you know we're gonna make sure that happens for you and and, and uh, this we, we do this because we love you so much, you know and um, actually we're too much of a coward to die for Allah so we want you to strap on the nail bomb and go in there and, and kill all the infidels and that way oh boy we'll we'll be out of the woods then <laughs> really that's basically what they're saying. That's how I look at it I don't want to give them any credit for anything this is just pure wicked evil because they believe this superior status grants the martyr and his family many rewards in the Islamic paradise oh these people are so evil I mean the more the thing is is, is you is as I, I understand that that America the government has so much created this problem with the formation literally the funding of ISIS and so many things you could look at al qaeda and taliban and oh goes on and on and on but the religion they did not create the religion is turning into the monster that it always was it's just more unfettered now it's more able to show its true colors is what we're seeing. We're seeing the true face of Islam more and more and more every day. Unbridled true face of Islam. And again, that's what we're going to be looking at today. Next report. Yazidi woman is shocked that Muslim neighbors she had known all her life turned on her people as soon as ISIS showed up. This is what I've kept saying over and over. Oh, the Muslim mod- the moderate Muslims, they don't they're not about violence their religion of peace that's garbage if that's the case why aren't they protesting the radical ones in mass by marching in the streets by taking back control because they would outnumber the radical ones i don't see a peep from them i see window dressing from people like this oh yeah we condemn it yeah <laughs> meanwhile they that as soon as they turn their back they're laughing saying praise be to allah go get them buddies Go get them. We're rooting for you. We're all on the same team. (laughs) We're your Trojan horse. (laughs) We're your window dressing. We're your cover. That's what we are. (laughs) You go get them. You kill as many of those infidels as you can. You lop off their heads just like the Quran says. You behead them and may they fry in a devil's hell. (laughs) That's basically what they're saying. Most of them. I really believe that. Because that's what the Quran teaches. That's what their unholy books teach. That's what their imams teach. Don't tell me they don't know this stuff. They're the Trojan horse. They serve their part. But they're going to have to get radical too. Once Islam gets to a certain point of power, they better, they better start towing the line. You know? She says, they will drink tea in your house one minute. These are people that she grew up with. Neighbors. This Yazidi woman. This is that pseudo false Christian kinda Christian group I mean it's like a cult that's in Iraq and the Muslims have really come after them ISIS these Muslims she's known alive turn on her people as soon as ISIS showed up. That's what they've been waiting for all along. They will drink tea in your house one minute and stab you in the throat literally the next. Let's just listen to this little um, interview here. This is on 60 Minutes, okay? And this woman you're seeing here being interviewed on 60 Minutes is one of these uh, Yazidi uh, women.
1: Some of your neighbors were helping the ISIS forces. I recognize some of them. I knew this one man who grew up with us.
0: Why were... People that you knew your whole life in that
1: village, joining with ISIS. I can't tell you exactly, but it has to be religion. It has to be religion. They constantly asked us to convert, but we refused. But before this, they never mentioned it. Prior, we thought of each other as family. But I say it has to be
0: religion. Do you? Well, of course it's religion. That's what Islam's all about. It's about religion, it's about martyrdom, it's about killing the infidel, it's about world domination, global jihad. I mean, that's what it's about. You have hope of going back to your village.
1: I hope so, but as long as those same people in the surrounding villages are there, then no, because I think they will do this again. We don't trust them, but I do want to return home.
0: And so she's crying, and poor thing. I mean, terrible, totally terrible situation you have. But she's learning the hard way of what the true face of Islam really is. Now, that was just a small portion of the interview. I'm going to continue with the interview a little bit here, and I'm just going to read you what was said. This is the guy that you heard interviewing her. He says, "Do you have any idea how many men were killed in the massacre?" No, actually, I think he goes on to interview a a man. Okay. This is when they, I, I think, you remember how they were pinned up on that mountain, okay, not too long ago? Well, this was in that same time frame. Scott Pelley, the interviewer from 60 Minutes, do you have any idea how many men were killed in the massacre? The man Saeed says, I think, 380. I'm, I'm assuming he's a he's a Yazidi, the Saeed, okay? Scott Pelley, how many survivors? 10 to 12. So, they only killed, out of 380, they they left 10 to 12, so they're, they're, they've got a lot of compassion, these, uh, these radical devil uh, Muslims. They killed, um, out of 380, they only left 10 to 12 alive. He goes on to say, he told us, as the ISIS fighters were finishing off the victims, a plane flew overhead and scared them away. He and his brother... Who had been shot three times crawled out of the mass grave, in other words, the only reason there was ten to twelve that that lived is because they kind of got scared off and they crawled out of the mass grave after the Muslims got scared off. That's the only reason they lived. Sky Pelly, after the shooting stopped. What happened to the women? What happened to you um now this is this is going back to the lady that we just heard, okay. So, she says, they told us to come downstairs, they took our IDs, our phones, our gold. They even ripped the gold earrings out of some of the kids' ears. Really compassionate people here. The ISIS used the local villagers' trucks and started loading up to 16 to 20 women at a time and taking us away. The final destination was a little town. Scott Pelley says, where did you go when you got there? What happened? Uh, Nadia. She says there was someone at the front door. He would take off our headscarves and rip open the front of our dresses. He would then touch us, sexually abuse us. Later, Nadia was imprisoned in a house where she says women were given away as prizes. So again, more fruit of Islam. And then she says, the next morning, a sheik from Tel Afar came and picked up three girls for himself. Two were my friends. He had the right to to take three of them. Um, because he was a a big shot, grand poobah, chic guy. And the ISIS militant had the right to take one woman. A friend of mine, who was taken by ISIS commander in return, had told us they're doing everything they please with us, raping us, sexually abusing us, and that the ISIS men would tell them, if you do not convert, we will rape you all and sell you all to the ISIS militants in Syria, where a young girl could be sold for about $800. So this is standard procedure, this is standard operation for these fork-tongued black devils from the pit of hell. This is, this is the true face of Islam. This is how they would want the whole world to be if Islam was left unchecked, unfettered. They would want this worldwide. So please don't kid yourself, that's, that's exactly what their goal would be for the whole planet. Now, let's get a little more confirmation on here um, Muslims take 1.5 million homeless children, homeless children, okay, and rape 90% of them, young boys and girls. In the Muslim nation of Pakistan, there are 1.5 million homeless children. Okay, now these are probably Muslims, because this is Pakistan, okay, there are 1.5 million homeless children and Muslim men have raped and molested 90% of them. As they read as read from this report, this is a, the report is right here. It's from the Toronto Sun, like a mainstream basically paper having to report on this. There are 1.5 million street kids in Pakistan. An estimated 90% of them have been sexually abused at some point in their lives. Can you imagine, I mean, 90, street kids and you've got these Muslim devil perverts out there raping them in mass? Yeah, that's what goes on there, absolutely. Remember I told you about the Dancing Boys of Afghanistan? That documentary that the BBC did? Look it up on on YouTube to see the debauchery of these devils. How they take these, oh, it, it's it's so disgusting and sick. How they have them dress up like, like women And put face veils on and dance like whatever. And the the guys all go into a frenzy. I mean, we are talking really, really far gone, sick in the head. Really debauched perverts here. Okay? I mean, like, nothing that the average person can even remotely comprehend. That's what we're dealing with here. Okay? And and again, just just more wonderful fruit of the nation, of, of the religion of peace, Islam. Rape in Pakistan is so common it's barely taboo. Last week, the Daily Mail interviewed a bus driver from Peshawar who says, after his shift is over, here's what he does for fun. He likes to go into the slums and rape street kids. Sometimes he pays them a dollar, but I mean, I guess if that's if he's feeling generous, you know. But often he doesn't. He just joins in the big gang rapes that are going on down on the in the streets in the slums. Can you even, can you comprehend what I'm saying here? Can you comprehend this level of evil? Would you would you think that person wasn't capable of any wickedness or evil if they were capable of doing such a thing? So we really shouldn't be that surprised when we see all these atrocities from Islam. This guy and he's openly admitting this. This taxi driver he says quote once I was once there was a boy on the bus and everybody had sex with him. Now this is the bus he was driving. Okay. As a public servant, you know, he's doing his public servant stuff here. He told the Daily Mail, "I did it too, but what else could I do?" It means he raped them too. "Oh, what else could I do?" And they, you know, what what I they they twisted my arm, evidently. They invited me. And he was that kind of boy anyway. Oh, well there's the justification. You know, it's alright now, I mean, because he was that kind of boy anyway. He says he's raped 12 different children. They have no, evidently, there's no shame, there's no conscience, there's no mercy, there's no problem with any of this stuff. Can you imagine openly admitting this to a major publication? So, matter of factly, Then it goes on to say, this wasn't a solitary rapist hiding in the shadows, afraid of being seen or being caught. No, quite the contrary. This was men joining together, unworried about social norms, unworried about someone stopping them. A poll of 1,800 Pakistani men found that a third of them don't think raping street kids is a crime. A third. And they don't even think it's a bad thing to do either. And that number's probably conservative. So in Islam, rape, pedophilia, and ancestral rape is extremely common. Why? Well, because Islam is a cult, and all cults, once they deepen their claws into a society, will inundate it with all sorts of sadistic violence and depravity. I I agree. I couldn't agree more. This is why the Mormon compounds, or any co- cult compound, always indulge in massive child molestation, underage marriage, abuse, and rape. Gotta be real careful, all of these communes and these places where, you know, these cults where people go. I mean, there's all kind of matter of wickedness that goes on at these places, behind closed doors, especially. And then there's the so called honor killings. Where families kill their own daughters for social improprieties perceived social improprieties real or perceived every year close to one thousand Pakistani girls are murdered by their own fathers out of evidently out of Islamic love um, the um are murdered by their own fathers, brothers, or even mothers for quote moral indiscretions ranging. From going out on a date, to dressing in Western clothing, to marrying the wrong man. These are all death penalty, horrific death penalty offenses in Islam. What a horrific, hypocritical, satanically sanctimonious duality we have here. A country that has normalized the rape Of children, of of little boys by the same sex men would rather murder its own daughters than have them than have embarrassing gossip about them. But evidently, it doesn't it doesn't really matter if the gossip is, oh, look at this this guy, Uh, yeah, he was over there raping all the street kids, gang raping them and stuff, taking his taking his turn. Oh, but that's just nothing there. There's there's no gossip there. There's nothing wrong with that. That's all good. But if you do any little thing perceived wrong as a daughter, no, you die. You die. Have you ever seen this level of wickedness exemplify? I would say the Church of Satan would be much more preferable as far as hypocrisy goes. At least they tell you up front that they're about evil. This is a religion, much like the Catholic death cult, but this, this goes so far beyond what Catholicism is doing, even on a mass scale with with the hypocrisy and what they're doing and what they condone and acting like they're so much better and have all this moral high ground to the infidels when they are doing this level of of perverted debauchery? You can't even imagine how demon-possessed these people have to be to become this darkened in their mind where they would do this. And this Islamic satanic debauchery is being imported around the globe. Rotterdam in the UK has received this import of mass rape gangs. Between 1997 and 2013, that city of just uh, 250,000 had 1,400 girls as young as 11 systematically groomed, raped, and prostituted by Pakistani gangs. 1,400 out of a city of 250,000, the girls were all white Christians. Now, I got flack on this last time. I said this because I'm a bigot because I mentioned their race. Well, okay, would it be, would I be a bigot if I was a black person saying that they were white Christians? I am just reporting on a subject. For some reason, they want to go after white Christian girls. What that reason is, I don't really know. But I'm not going to stop reporting on truth just because I'm a white person talking about a white race. The girls were white Christians in the eyes of the Pakistani Muslim gangs. They were subhuman like Pakistani street orphans. Rotterdam police knew all about it, but they were paralyzed with fear. You know what, when you plunge into hell, you devils that enabled this in the Rotterdam Police Department, when you plunge into hell because of your fear of man, when you didn't protect those, those girls, you'll really know what fear is then. You'll really know what fear is then. Can you imagine paralyzed with fear? Fear of being called a racist if they dared to act. Are you kidding me? I have screamed about this every chance I get about these devils. And I'm not saying that I am the example here, but this is not something that needs to be swept under the rug or we need to be afraid about. The fear of man bringeth a snare. My God's bigger than these Muslim devils. And you better believe I would defend... Any child, black, green, red, yeah, I don't care. I mean, not really green because they're probably an alien, but I mean, any type of child I would defend from these devils. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. We are supposed, we are supposed to defend the innocent as Christians, not just lay down and let evil rape, pillage, and, and annihilate children. There's nothing Christian about that defending the fatherless and the orphans and the and the little ones and the ones that can't defend themselves that is christianity that is true religion really it was what the bible says visiting the widows in their affliction defending the fatherless these types of things i mean this is just this just makes your blood boil hearing this but this is what's coming to america and we do need to know about this To know about it, to pray about it, to educate others about it. I mean, this is just so wicked and evil. So they, they knew all about it, but they didn't want to be called racist. So they, oh, just keep raping all these girls. Yeah, you know, as long as we're not called... Islamophobic Well, I'm about as Islamic phobic as anybody on planet earth and I am proud and I praise God to admit that that I will expose this evil devil death cult and if it costs me my life then so be it praise the Lord Jesus Christ he's bigger than Allah who is nothing but a devil fallen angel from the pit of hell possessing people to do this wickedness they found the mass rape of a generation of the city's girls less intolerable than the risk of being called politically incorrect or Islamophobic. Man, I'll tell you, these guys have the backbone of a redwood. We are talking men's men here, you know. man among boys. Can you imagine being that pathetic? But I guess... That's just the norm. You know? Next report. These just keep getting better and better. British Islamic State recruits routinely rape hostages as young as nine and are put in suicide squads because they're seen as useless fighters, says Whistleblower. A purported former ISIS member turned whistleblower says all the group's fighters are told it is their God-given right to rape Non-Muslim prisoners. Well, that's what the the Quran and the other unholy books and the imams are all telling them. Of course, it, of course, that it does. It lines up with what they believe. He claimed that those preparing to sacrifice themselves on suicide missions are particularly encouraged to subject prisoners to depraved sexual ordeals. Evidently, that gets them a better place in in paradise the more evil and debauched you are in your um, sexual uh, depraved sexual rapes and things. Evidently, that garners you a better place in um, paradise, according to Allah. You know? And that many of those would-be martyrs are actually British. I can't imagine anybody in their right mind wanting to actually convert to this. I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all. It just has to be totally demonically inspired. Why would anybody want to go into this death cult He claimed that Islamic State fighters routinely rape girls as young as nine, held hostage at terror group training camps. Among other dramatic claims, Mr. Omer said, Islamic State fighters are promised 72 eternal virgins in heaven. He forgot the white-skinned boys, because that's promised as well. But they don't like to talk about that as much. Anyway, um, if they are martyred while fighting for the group. So that's why, and again, then the the shaheed the... they get the uh, the family gets the seventy people out of hell. It's like I get it out of out of, out of a hell free card, except it's for seventy of their family members. You can't forget that one. And then the non-Muslim women held captive held captive are fair game for sexual exploitation because quote God wills it. No, it's Allah, God, and Allah are two totally different things. But of course, their God is Allah, so. Anyway, some Muslim women who join the group are promised rewards in the hereafter if they willingly offer their bodies to jihadists for sex in jihad programs, although it is mostly commanders who benefit from this. I mean, everything you read and see and the fruit, it's all totally evil, wicked, corrupt fruit. And yet the world media goes out of its way to protect it. Because why? Because evil will be protected in the last days. Evil will be condoned. Evil will re- receive all types of protection. I've went over this over and over again. Turkish shol- soldiers turn a blind eye to the movements of extremists back and forth across the border of Syria. They say, you know, be- why? Because they're Islam. They're, 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 they're Islamic. So they're going to enable them. This is another example of supposedly moderate Islamic people enabling the butchers at the top of the food chain. The butchers and the rapists. But I think they all got it in them. I, I just think it's a matter of time before their teeth all really start coming out and this starts happening even, uh, even at a greater level. Unless God intervenes. So, have you heard about the plan to infiltrate America with two hundred to 250,000 Muslim refugees? These wonderful people? Muslims who will pretend to want to assimilate only want to dominate. Now, caution, there's some language. I've tried to edit this where we're not hearing a lot, but there's a little bit of language. Some of this I'm not playing because of that. The lady's really, really mad, and I really can't blame her. And I did verify what she's saying. This is from a World (coughs) World Net Daily came out with this the U.N. to dump flood of Muslim refugees on the U.S. And this is a lady named Diane Lynn Savage from Facebook, and this is what she said the other day.
1: Hey, patriots. I am going to try to keep my cool, but I can't promise anything. Hey, patriots. I am going to try to keep my cool, but I can't promise anything. I read an article today that I think everybody needs to know about. And I'm not sure why our politicians haven't uh, told us about this, but I'll get to that later. So now we have the UN that is going to come in and dump between 200,000 and 250,000 Muslim refugees. Um into America. And then when I go to the article that discusses that, I want to point out a few things here.
0: See, Satan seeing all of this wonderful wicked fruit that they're producing. He wants to import that into the U.S. He wants to make sure that, that we get um, a good dose of this as soon as possible. And and this is all being done by design, by the world government, to import this level of evil and debauchery into into America.
1: Um, Most of them are going to come from Somalia and Iraq. Syria could soon be added to the the, the mix. Obama's administration has been greasing the skids for the Syrian refugees for months. Uh, WND, which is the source of which this article has come from, has learned. And the refugees will soon be dumped on American cities throughout the U.S., in February, the State Department moved to ease the rules that protect the U.S. From, from accepting refugees with potential ties to terrorist organizations. Let me reread that to you so you understand. In February, the State Department moved to ease the rules that protect the U.S. from accepting refugees from potential ties to terrorist organizations. The rules were seen as too strict by refugee resettlement groups that lobby for Congress. Again, why the hell are we allowing lobbyists to talk to our congressmen? I don't give a a crumb about this refugee resettlement group. I don't give a crap who they are. Then on September the 4th, a U.S. State Department spokeswoman... Hinted at her daily press briefing that a new wave of refugees will soon be coming from another predominant Muslim nation, Syria. Now, if you don't know a whole lot about Syria, uh, do some research there and you'll love what you're finding there. The Syrian, one of the Syrian leaders was, uh, I believe it was Glenn Beck, did a video. If you'll Google it, you can probably find it. He showed a video of a Syrian leader who had killed uh, an enemy and not only cut off his head, but he opened up, he's cut open his chest and his, and his inwards, innards, and he took out his liver and his heart and he bit into them. Yeah, let's bring some of them over here. Why not, right? Now, here's a few problems that I'm having today.
0: And Syria is essentially where this whole ISIS thing got started. Okay, The, the rebels that we armed basically turned into ISIS. So, this is, you know, and again, this is all being done by design. So, just something to bear in mind.
1: First of all, I want to know who is coming here. What group of people? Who's looking at them and screening them? Is anybody screening them, or is it just going to be a freaking open border situation again where nobody knows who's coming and once they get here they disappear into the woods like the rest of the yahoos that they've let in next of all I want to know is someone making a list is some uh, politician is some member of the White House staff um, who's making a list of these individuals and the places that they're coming from so that once they get here which I'll get to later, but once they get here, they have some way of keeping track of them. I want to know who's making that list, and I want to know when it's going to be published to the American people. When do we get to see this list of who, what, and when? Next, I want to know what cities are they going to, what states are they going to, are these states even going to be told that they're coming, or are we going to have another uh, Mexican child situation where they just dump them off and don't even tell the local officials they're there? Let me guess these compounds that are sitting around, I bet they're waiting for them. Um, now, here, I'm going to put out a challenge, okay, from a little old white woman in southern in Florida, you know, doesn't know a hill of beans about anything. I'm going to put out a challenge to some people because I'm pissed to freak off right now. I haven't heard any politicians, I haven't heard any government officials say, talking about this. I'm finding out through this uh, web, this news organization it's not even a mainstream media news it's uh, it's you know considered conservative whatever why is it Sean Hannity, why is it Herman Cain, why is it Dr. Ben Carson, why is it U.S. Senator Ted Cruz, Mike Huckabee uh, U.S. Senator Ron Paul Governor Rick Perry uh, Congressman uh, Paul Ryan uh, U.S. Senator Marco Rubio, just for a few, why aren't they the ones who supposedly have our backs? Why aren't they telling us what's going on? Why haven't we heard about this from them? Since they are, some of them are going to be considered considering running for president, why aren't they telling us what's going on here? Why aren't they beating the streets and informing us as American citizens what's about to happen to us? Why are we just now finding out through this source of media? Now, when you...
0: And again, I haven't seen this reported anyplace else at all. But this is just becoming the norm. This this type of news will be suppressed.
1: Sit here and I know I'm already going to get the hate mail and bring it on. Because I've got a few choice words for you and I'll give you back just what you give me. I am telling you now and anybody with half a freaking brain if you look at the countries. That these Muslims, and they don't even have to be an extreme Muslim. Look at the countries that these Muslims have already gone to. The UK, Holland, Sweden, Denmark. It's happening in Australia. You don't even have to look outside of the United States, people. Look what happens when they come into our country. They do not assimilate to us. We are required to assimilate to them. It's called Sharia law. There is plenty of videos on YouTube. Google them. People have gone in undercover, and they've gone to these mosques, and they've gone to these meetings for months, and they've documented what is being spoken from the pulpit of these mosques. They are plainly saying this. You know, go along with the American way. Go along with whatever country you're in at the time. You know, kind of go with the flow. But at the moment that we're ready, we'll, we'll sh- sh- make our presence known. That's what they're saying. How about the parts of the countries where these Muslims, peaceful Muslims, the moderate Muslims, have joined citizenship, not citizenship because they haven't pledged allegiance to America. They've just come into the countries. And instead of going with the laws that are in place... They all are taking up uh, positions so that they can implement Sharia law. Do you understand what they're doing? Do you understand? They are getting in numbers. They are getting in places, they are getting in positions of authority so that they can do that. Hell, there's police, and we've seen the videos from the UK. The police are actually walking them down the street as they chant and hold the back black flag of ISIS and, and curse the country that they're living in. The freaking law enforcement are aiding them in allowing it. When is it going to stop? When are you going to wake up and see that the situation is worse than you think and this is not a doomsday situation from an afraid little person. There are thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people that feel the same way. These people are not for the good. They're not for our way of life. They're for their agenda. And I'm going to put a... <laughs> the biggest one with the biggest agenda is sitting his happy ass.
0: Sorry. Anyway, that's um, he, she's talking about Obama at that point. And, um, she kind of gets going there, so I'm not going to play the rest, but, um, sorry, I normally don't even play video, it's just that, I want people to understand, there are people in this country that are waking up, and there are, and this is good, because this needs to be known about, if they're, I mean, the, the churches aren't doing it. For the most part. I mean, I think some, but not too many, they might get their 501c3 status stricken if they speak um, uh, in an Islamophobic way. And so, this is going to have to go out, this type of information, this type of thing is going to have to kind of go out grassroots for the most part. Um, You know, some people are doing more than others. Sean Hannity, I will say that he has really tried to bring a lot of light on this. What I don't understand about the guy is... Why does he always have to have a, like if he gets somebody like Brigitte Gabriel on his show, why does he have to have a Muslim there lying and presenting his lies? Because that's all they can do is lie. Why does he have to give them a platform? I don't understand why you have to give evil a platform. Well, because that's fair. No, it's not. No, it's not. Evil has enough of a platform in this wicked world we live in. We don't need to do it any favors by letting it come on there and lie. Because every time he has any type of Muslim guest, all they do is lie. That's all they're capable of doing. Just like when he has his liberal guests on, all they can do is lie. Now a lot of his a lot of his conservative guests, the politicians, they lie too. Because oh yeah, we're really trying to oh, yeah right right. That's why. You know everything is deteriorating and degenerating, and it just seems like the Republicans and Democrats are all on the same team. Doesn't really seem like they're doing a whole lot of anything to stem the tide of evil. You can give me lip service all day long, but you know what? Actions speak louder than words, and this is becoming the norm now. And so it's it's kind of like the, uh, up to the grassroots type of movement to get this information out. Um, let's go further here. An ISIS spokesman and this was from International Business Times, just came out the uh, on the 22nd, an ISIS spokesman has published a call to arms for Muslims around the world to kill American, Canadian, and European citizens for their governments' role in a coalition against the radical Islamic group in Iraq and Syria. And again, I've said this before, all of these airstrikes that are being... Um, leveled on ISIS now, supposedly on ISIS here, that could be the absolute excuse for an all-out Islamic, for all of these Islamic terror cells, that could be the excuse that the government points to when they go hot and they start implementing whatever they're going to implement. You know, releasing of biologicals, dirty nuclear bombs, um, uh... Uh, contaminating the water systems, g- going after the electrical grid, killing as many people as possible. They don't need an excuse anymore. They could point to ISIS and say, well, you know, we were kind of attacking them, so they uh, they just went crazy, and they started attacking everybody. What could we do other than impose martial law and take all your rights away and herd you all into cities and take, you, take all the patriots to concentration camps and disarm everybody? I mean, obviously, that would be the most logical thing to do when you have an enemy like this is is, uh, you know, do that, you know, if you were Satan, it would be at least, so, anyway, um, following Australia, Australia's largest terror raids and France's first airstrikes on their group, ISIS, also known as Islamic State, spokesman Ab, Abu Muhammad Al-Adash, sorry, uh, anyway, um, the, the guy's name is like, you know, 196 characters long, I mean, how, who could even pronounce that? Sorry. Anyway, he called upon supporters to launch insider attacks on Western populations, particularly the spiteful and filthy French. Um, that's what he said. And I had a French listener the other day said that I called the French filthy, and I shouldn't do that. It was disrespectful. So I'm like, okay, don't really remember saying that, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. I'm sorry. I'm not against the French. I Whatever. Sorry. Anyway, um, so... Then he goes on to say, if you kill a disbelieving American or European, especially the spiteful and filthy French, he said it, I didn't, or an Australian or a Canadian or any other disbeliever, including the citizens of the countries that entered into a coalition against the Islamic State, ISIS, then rely upon Allah and kill him in any manner or way, however it may be, end of quote. So now this is what is being commanded by an ISIS spokesman calling for, called arms for Muslims around the world. Huh. And what just happened in Oklahoma? Oh, we're going to talk about that next. We're going to talk about that next. Could could this be a, maybe a fulfillment of, could could he have been being a good Muslim and doing what he was told by his superiors? Huh, I don't know. Anyway, he said all this in a 42-minute speech released on social media. Now, my comment is, imagine the backlash if just one Christian on planet Earth had given a similar 42-minute speech where he was advising Christians to kill um, anybody Islamic, okay? And it doesn't matter, you know, if they're, who they are, whatever, kill them any way possible. Can you imagine the backlash? Can you imagine the media circus that would ensue and and for a uh, a mass cry to probably jail all Christians worldwide because of the actions of one, it would probably be about what you'd see. You know, but it's okay for, for ISIS to do it. I mean, hey, you know, they're one of the good guys. Just always remember that. So if we go further, he goes on to say, kill the disbeliever, whether he is civilian or military, for they have the same ruling. Both of them are disbelievers. Both of them are considered to be waging war. Both of their blood and wealth is legal for you to destroy. End of quote. It's all legal according to the Quran and their other unholy books. This is Islam. Okay, he is being a fundamental Islamic practitioner, and he is advising his adherents to be that. So this is what he is he is calling them to do. Uh, he also um, he also called the coalition against the terror group a crusade, and warned Western civilians, "You will not be safe even in your own homes." The exact quote was quote You will not feel secure." Even in your bedrooms, he said, you will pay the price when this crusade of yours against ISIS, I guess, collapses. So I guess we just should sit back and let ISIS just kill, kill, rape, pillage all the way around the world and do nothing because Allah is supreme. Because we're all so afraid of the big bad Muslims and what they bring to the table. Evidently, that's what he says, I guess, what we should do. says, you will pay the price when this crusade of yours collapses and thereafter we will strike you in your homeland and you will never be able to harm anyone afterwards. You are a lying, fork-tongued devil is what you are. And may the Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you and all your devil ilk and may he rain down his fury on your fork-tongued, you lying, rapist devils. We need God's judgment on the wicked. We need it. Because it's only, wicked left unchecked, this is exactly what ends up happening. It just gets worse and worse and worse. Satan will never be satisfied with the people that he kills. He might kill 100 one day, he'll want 200 tomorrow. And he is working totally through these bunch of devils. And it's becoming more obvious every teaching that I do that this is the case. Unrepentant evil. Next report. This is about the Oklahoma City thing that just happened. Or what happened in Oklahoma. Not Oklahoma City, but in Oklahoma. The Muslim man who beheaded a woman and stabbed another woman at his Oklahoma workplace. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard about that. we got a Muslim guy starting... To, we've got Muslims now decapitating people in the workplace in America. In Oklahoma. Just happened the other day. Yeah, they're cutting people's heads off. He had recently been fired. More police sergeant Jeremy Lewis said police are waiting until Alton Nolan, who has now a different Muslim name, who is 30 years old, is conscious to arrest him um, in the Thursday attack. He's woken up by now. They they interviewed him. Nolan severed the head of Colleen Hufford. What a a brave, brave Islamic warrior for jihad and Allah. He, He beheads a 54 year old co-worker. Innocent Hadn't done nothing to him. Nah, we just chop off her head. Because I'm I'm such a man, you know. And then the um, police sergeant said yes, she was beheaded, Lewis told the Associated Press before Friday News Conference. Lewis said Nolan then stabbed Tracy Johnson, who was forty three a number of times as well, before Mark Vaughn, a reserve sheriff's deputy and a company chief operating op- and the company's chief operating officer shot him. Well, too bad he didn't kill him, because that's where what needs to happen to people like this chops off a innocent lady's head in the workplace for no other reason than maybe this command by this guy that we just read: kill the unbeliever, lop off their heads, chop off their heads. That's what the Quran says to do. There's just being a good fundamental Muslim. the police officer said this was not going to stop if he didn't stop it. In other words, he would have kept killing people and cutting off their head as long as he was bodily able to do so. Until this guy with a firearm, imagine that of all things, stopped it. So what did the firearm do? It prevented evil from occurring. Because this devil would have just kept killing people if he could have, he wasn't gonna stop. Oh, well, there's one more of the, of the literally millions of examples how firearms can be used for righteousness in order to prevent evil. Which is proved over and over and over again. The threat had already stopped once we arrived, the police said. Well, why? Because the guy got shot. Nolan was terminated from his job at Vaughn Foods on Thursday just before the rampage occurred. Here's a picture of this devil reading his Quran on a prayer rug. Nolan also recently had been trying to convert coworkers to Islam. I guess this was his plan B. Since the conversions didn't work well, I'm just supposed to lop off their heads now. You know? I gave them a chance. Now I just got to kill them all. <laughs> what can I do? My hands are tied, according to Allah. Despite all this, the police are classifying the Islamic jihad attack as "quote workplace violence." Oh, it's it, it's not Islamically related at all. No, it's not. his Facebook page just has pictures of the Taliban fighters and and, and pictures of, of 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 American military guys with their heads severed off. He, literally, it's on his Facebook page. Literally, I've seen. I saw the one picture. I'm like, oh, I don't want to see that. And him with his with his Islamic buddies and, 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 and dressed up like uh, a Muslim and all, all, all this stuff. <laughs> but they're calling it workplace violence because, hey, we must always be politically correct, especially in regard to Islam. Never, 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 never de- denigrate Islam in any way, shape, or form because we all know it's a religion of peace. We've all seen the wonderful fruit and don't you dare even try to argue that. It's workplace violence. He just had a bad day, and Allah had nothing to do with it. Nolan calls himself Ja-Kim Israel. Interesting name. Now, when I saw that, well, let me get into this in a little bit. So he calls himself Ja-Kim Israel. Like Israel, but with a Y. Hmm. On his Facebook page, where he uploaded photos of himself reading the Quran and wearing Muslim religious clothing. He also posted, quote, on his Facebook page, I'm a tell-you-off, top, I'm not your friend, my friends are at the mosque around the world, end of quote. He then wrote a description of himself saying, I'm an Muslim from the tribe of Judah. My ancestors, who are true Jews here in America today, are originally from Israel. Oh, really? They were bombed out of Israel by the Roman Catholic army, so they fled to Egypt, and the Africans sold us to the white man as slaves, along with any other black person here in America today, a.k.a. the true Jews from Israel our ancestors are originally from israel they were not from africa man i am so glad this guy got me straight on my history boy now what you're seeing here i believe is a combination of the of the of the devil movement called the black hebrew israelites this has nothing to do with race i'm telling you if these guys were white i'd be reporting on it just the same okay but i've had listeners that have had dealings with these people uh, one lady, my listener up in Washington, D.C., Patricia, she just had a uh, dealing with these black Hebrew Israelites. They call themselves that recently. These guys are demon-possessed to the toenails. They come out dressed up like road warriors and, and are really, really super nasty and intimidating. Really see the love of Christ in them, in other words. And coming out here saying that we're the true Israelites and, and, and the Jews there aren't, aren't the real Jews, it's, it's no different then the um uh the other movement that's very very similar the british israelism that where where they're saying the the caucasians and the white races are the jews and and all the jews that are actually there are all fake every one of them and and the the real jews are the are the whites and i'm like that's just this ridiculous is the black um Israel movement, the black Hebrew Israelites, the British Israelism is just as ridiculous, or Christian identity is another whole thing of that, it's all blasphemy it's all heresy and garbage, you know I don't don't condone either one you know what that all boils down to? Pride look at me, I'm the real McCoy, I'm the real Jew you know it's like people have this So many people have this absolute obsession with pride, what it boils down to. They want to feel like they're better than everyone else. They don't want to consider the pit from whence they were dug. And if they're better, then they could justify doing wickedness, saying, well, I'm better. And those devils, isn't that why they killed all the Jews and and, uh, Hitler did that? Because they were subhuman? Isn't that kind of why their, their justification was that through Darwinism? Saying, well, they're just one notch above the apes, so they're subhuman, and look at all of their wicked, evil fruits, so we need to kill them. We need to purify our race. We need to create the Aryan, uh, uh, the Aryan man, the Aryan man god, the fifth root race. We need to create that race. That was the whole justification for the Jews. These other cults would end up the same way if you let them go unchecked and unfettered. They'd start killing people that they thought were undesirable. It's ridiculous. So this guy changes his name to Jah, and in one time in the Bible, it says, um, extol them that rides upon the clouds, and it Jah is used as a derivation of Jehovah one time in the Bible. Okay. So he changes his name in the King James Bible, Old, Old Testament. He changes his name to Jah-Kim-Isra'el. Okay. So I think what this guy is, is he is an amalgamation of the black Hebrew-Israelite movement combined with Islam. Because he seems to have a lot of tenets of both. Is what my personal opinion from looking at this... Now, I don't know every single thing about this guy. I know he's a devil. I know he's evil. I know he's got a record a mile long. I know he's, you know... But I would, I would have to say that would be my best guess. Going further here. <clears throat> Nolan's Facebook cover photo appears to be of several Taliban fighters. According to Google Reverse Image Search. He also wrote Sh- Sharia Law is Coming alongside a picture of Pope Benedict. Uh, he posted a photograph in March of a protester holding a sign saying Islam will dominate the world. Freedom can go to H-E-L-L. And so this is the guy that did this, but this had nothing to do with Islam. It's workplace violence, even though beheading obviously is a huge tenet of Islam. But I'm sure they're not connected. So, <clears throat> regarding the um, comments that were made about this report, I just wanted to read some of these comments. Oh, um, this one is it's a combination of two different comments, and I, I even posted the the names and the times they were written <clears throat> Alton Nolan who is this this wonderful gentleman that beheaded this lady at Von Foods the co-worker he was convicted <clears throat> in January of 2011 of multiple felony drug offenses assault and battery on a police officer and escape from detention i even saw that the police officer that he assaulted this lady that um was lamenting the fact that she should have killed him when she had the chance, when he assaulted her the first time. This was back in 2011. Because she feels as though, obviously, that would have prevented this beheading from ever occurring. You know? Uh Nolan has a criminal history dating back to 2006. That includes, includes charges of possession of a controlled substance and assault and battery on a police officer. He was in prison from April 2011... To March of 2013. So he only got out about a year, you know, a year and a half ago. And is currently listed as being on probation. How is he out of prison on that record? I mean, assault on a police officer? Possession of controlled substance? I mean, criminal history dating back to 2006? Escape from detention? Felony drug, multiple felony drug os- offenses? He's out of prison? Well, yeah, I mean, Sure. We'll keep a ton of the innocent people in prison and we'll let the real bad guys out. Hey, they just reported last time on all of the uh, felons and sex offenders that our wonderful governments let out of prison that are illegal aliens. So that's going to be more and more commonplace. You know? Uh, no doubt he converted to Islam in prison. No doubt. Well, what do you mean? This is an interesting aside. A Federal Bureau of Prisons report around 9-11 pointed out that Islamic Wahhabis were the single largest U.S. prison proselytizing group in the U.S. Islamic Wahhabis, okay? They had a huge amount of funds behind their work from the Saudi government and had access to prisoners when other religions were delayed access. Imagine that. Their proselytizing was frequently of a rather radical nature, And converted cons were more likely to be problems than not. What is most interesting about this report was how quickly it was made classified, a classified item and withdrawn from circulation after allegedly an unnamed, heavily Wahhabi, Mideast government raised H-E-L-L about it. Because they don't want to be exposed. Islam don't want to be exposed. They they want to um, operate in the corners and and unfettered. They want to do all the stuff behind everyone's back. They are still handing out Qurans and, and hatred, but their access is far more quietly dealt with now. They're going primarily to black African-American males in the prison system and playing on the race card about the white man, you need to kill him, look what he's done to you, he's kept you down, he put you in prison, you shouldn't be here. This is all his fault. Convert to Islam, join your true brother. And you know what's ironic in Islam? If you really look at Islam, they consider people that are black... As basically inferior, like, like I can't even say what they really consider them. If you really study Islam, I got into this one time, and I'm like, if if the blacks that are converting to Islam only knew what the people that are in the Middle East, the real Arabs, and the really thought about them, <laughs> I think I think they would get out of there in droves. But that's never ever discussed. That's totally suppressed. So these Wahhabi Islamic groups go and proselytize these guys in prison, turn them into radical Muslims with a hatred of America and and the white races, and then they come out and it's no wonder they do this or, have, or, or will be triggered at one point in order to do this. Now again, I can't not report on this stuff just because it has to do with race and gender. I'm telling you, if it was white people doing this, I'd be reporting on it. I'm not giving them a pass either, but this is what they're doing and how they're doing it. I mean, it's not the black guys fault that they're being targeted. Okay. I'm not saying that's, that's their fault. They're being targeted, but they are being targeted and it has been effective at converting many of these black men to radical Islam. And they're going to be used in this jihad against Americans, Along with the black street gangs, along with the Mexican gangs, along with the, you know, you name a gang, they're going to be probably used. Whether it's fighting against the American public or whether it's fighting against each other, it's going to be all about death and destruction and implementing evil. Uh, Another commenter says, I don't know if this is true in all states, but in prisons in Tennessee, respect." all Islamic dietary and worship rules. Christians are not afforded any special access, though. I was told they especially observe Ramadan. Hey, if it's evil, they're going to honor it. Bottom line. That's what all this boils down to. Another commenter says, around Dearborn, Michigan, there have been beheadings that have been quashed because of the um, PC and the Muslim police. I'm not sure what PC is, but... Um, it's some, I don't know, I would imagine law enforcement and the Muslim police. On a horrifying note, one of the police officers in the jail told us there are honor killings in Dearborn, Michigan, uh, which I've reported on probably the most ground zero Islamic stronghold in America is Dearborn, Michigan, okay, and they've got whole no-go zones that, that the police don't even really go into. In Dearborn, Michigan. In other words, they're turning it into a little Middle East there. And they want to branch it out and make it bigger and bigger and bigger, taking over towns, okay? Honor killings in Dearborn that that get covered up by the police department. He said that he had walked into houses where girls had been beheaded or had their throats slit. Girls, honor killings, again. But check the local newspapers. You won't find any mention of these crimes at all. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit, too. So again, if it's wicked and if it's evil, it's going to get swept under the rug. Okay, I just realized I was over time on this part, so I'm going to end part two and we'll go to part three next.